Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to remind you that my short story is available for free at johntilton.com. If you sign up for my newsletter, I'll send you both the ebook and audiobook of Doomed Dune. In this middle grade adventure, a girl named Melina travels to a forbidden landmark guarded by tyrannical robots, but her life turns upside down when she discovers the true reason it's off limits. Discover Doom Doom Secret by heading over to johntilton.com. That's J-O-N-T-I-L-T-O-N.com. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Cause of Craft. I'm your host, John Tilton. Why do we create? Where do our ideas come from? What does our craft say about us? These are the ideas we explore here on the show. Each episode, I interview a different guest, from writers and painters to musicians and filmmakers. Together, we investigate the creative process and the reasons behind why we create. In case you missed this info in the last episode, I just wanted to remind everyone that I've switched to a monthly schedule. Each new episode will be available on the first Monday of every month. And today, I'm joined by artist Brittany Jackson. She creates beautiful character illustrations, both original ones and others that you'll recognize from your favorite franchises, from The Office to Star Wars. We discuss fan art, traveling to conventions, why nature inspires, and how we can tackle new challenges, even when they're intimidating. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing your favorite episodes with a friend. It really helps the show grow, and I appreciate your support. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Thank you so much, Brittany, for joining the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Hey, John. Um, thanks for having me. It was really, really nice of you to have me on. With all my guests who do as sort of visual art, I like to right away point people to the website so they can see what you do. Can you share the website, your Instagram, different ways people can see the art that you create? I have my general website, which is BrittanyAnnArt.com, uh, B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y. A-N-N-A-R-T.com. And then I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. I mostly use Instagram, but um, I'm also on Etsy as well. But yeah, I can be found there under Brittany Ann Art as well. One of the things that I saw on your website that stood out to me, you referenced yourself as a self-taught artist, or uh, you've had some classes, you say, but the majority of your development has been self-taught. Can you talk a little bit about that process why you started to create things and how you developed your skills to get to where you are today. I've, I'm one of those people that have been drawing like ever since I could hold a pencil. So like as long as I can remember, but yeah, and I just kind of never stopped and my parents were, um, you know, caught on to it. So they would put me in some just random art classes here and there. Like I'd take some at my local library sometimes or, I took one throughout high school or yeah, middle school and high school. Um, And then I had a few in college, but while I did learn a lot of stuff at the classes, I also like, I would say I've learned the majority of everything like on my own, you know, like say I want to learn anatomy or something like, and I'm really inspired to, you know, learn anatomy. I might've learned very basic things in a class in the past or whatever, but like to have that drive and that like, you know, learn it on your own for your own purposes and your own self-improvement. Like it just, I don't know, it's, it's motivated me more than it has like being in a class and just kind of going through the motions of a class. Now, when you were in a class, were you part of a program specifically to study art or was it, or were you studying something else and you had like an art elective and that sort of thing? Well, in college, like I went for the graphic design program, 
because I, you know, didn't think that, oh, visual artists, you know, don't get hired and they're, you know, starving artists and stuff like that. So like I did, I started doing the graphic design route. So like I took a few art classes here and there on the side, kind of, they weren't requirements. So I guess they were electives, but um, I got my associate's degree in that. So I didn't go like all the way through graphic design, but um, yeah, so that was just, they're pretty much just electives. So I don't really refer to myself as going to quote art school even though, you know, I took a, some art classes there and that was just, just kind of how I see it. Cause I just, you know, I learned most of it outside of school. Like, like we talked about. And you mentioned you have this idea of the starving artist. And so you're having a slightly different direction, you agree, but something that's still slightly related. Now, what, at what moment does that become either a, hey, I'm going to starve because I want to be an artist or B, oh, not all artists have to starve if I approach it this way. <laughs> well, like I was the kind of kid that was just very like live in the moment. I'm not going to plan my future, you know, like just kind of like happy where I am, like it'll work out as it works out. So like, I don't know, like for college, I didn't start looking. I just didn't even start thinking about it until like senior year, just because my parents were like, um, you kind of got to figure out what you need to do. <laughs> so... I was like, okay, well, you know, like we're thinking through stuff and obviously I'm artistic, but other than that, I have no idea what I want to do. And I just didn't have that knowledge. Like, oh, there's actually careers that you can do that I'm qualified to do. I guess that aren't, I, I didn't see a way how to incorporate just visual art into like a career, like in the real world, you know, unless I was in like uh, animation or something like that we kind of figured out like graphic design would probably be the closest thing to that. And it wasn't until like I was in college where, you know, like I I got an Instagram and I stumbled upon the art community on Instagram. And then I was, you know, I figured out like, Oh, people actually do this full time. That's cool. So that's kind of what motivated me and kind of made me realize like, okay, this is possible. It's not just like paint landscapes and try to sell them on the side of the road. And like, there's way more to it. You know, there's way more possibilities. Now, when you saw that is, did that become another sort of self-taught thing? Or did you reach out to the people that you saw doing what you might like to do and figure out from them what they were doing that works? Or was it a sort of stumbling into like, okay, we'll just try it out uh, and, and do your own thing. Right. Um, it was definitely a stumbling into it thing. Like I'd always draw, you know, on the side and stuff. And when I stumbled onto that, I was like, okay, maybe I could do this as like a side thing and sell some artwork on the side or whatever. But like, yeah, I was very, I guess, introverted and just not like, I didn't reach out to anybody. I didn't want to bother anybody. I was just like, okay, I'll just watch people and then I will try to wing it. And I'm still trying to wing it, but I'm definitely not as afraid to reach out to people now as I was like way back then. So definitely, definitely kind of figured it out on my own through trial and error and what works, what doesn't, stuff like that. And for people who visit your website, they'll see that you both draw character, like pre-existing characters. So you have the characters from Star Wars and I see the office on here, uh, the Little Mermaid. And then you also have characters that you've designed uh, that are completely original to you. Do you find yourself splitting your time between that like 50-50 or differently? Or is it whatever you feel like that particular week is what you're drawing? How do you 
decide on any given day what you want to focus on? I don't know. It's kind of, I think mostly I would say it's, you know, other characters, for existing characters that I enjoy drawing just because I love the characters and I'm just, I've been a huge Star Wars or Disney fan my whole life and I'm just very passionate about the characters and the story and I just want to spend more time with the characters basically. So I'll draw them a lot. I will draw, um, like I do a lot of commissions. So I will draw other people, other people as characters like Jedi or Pokemon characters or whatever, or um, pets and stuff. I don't know. I think the, what I enjoy the most is doing, you know, the characters that everybody knows, but like, I also do enjoy um, original characters as well. I just don't do it as much, I would say, but yeah. Do you have a particular famous character that you find yourself drawing a lot or does that change? Do you have a favorite that you're particularly drawn to? Definitely the Star Wars characters, probably Ahsoka Tano and Obi-Wan Kenobi because they're just my favorites. I used to draw like exclusively animals. I was afraid to draw people. I don't know. I was just the anatomy intimidated me. And I don't know. I just had this weird fear that's hard to explain about drawing people. But like when I finally got past that, I'm like, okay. Like, I can actually start drawing, you know, human characters. So, like, Ahsoka, I was really drawn to, not only because I love her, but also she doesn't have any hair. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to draw hair. I just draw her, you know, montrails and stuff. Yeah, that was one less step I had to do. Like, okay, I don't have to draw hair. Cool. I'll work on her. So both a combination of practicality and enthusiasm for the character. Exactly. To, to Ahsoka. That's cool. And, yeah, I find that in, especially... If you're doing something that's self-taught or you're you're trying something new, finding a practical way to go about it is always helpful because it, it at least gives you a starting point. And then, and then as you grow and you start to be more comfortable, you can pick a new challenge that pushes you slightly in a higher direction than, right. than you were. Right. Yeah. Ahsoka is cool because, you know, she's an action character and she can have all these poses and stuff. And for some reason, girls are easier to draw like, like guys for some reason. I don't know. But um, and every every visual artist like pretty much agrees on that. So I don't know, like just getting to draw her, I don't know, in all these poses and just practicing and just really discovering my love of, oh, OK, I do enjoy drawing, you know, humans, people-ish characters and I enjoy action stuff. So, and I didn't know I did that. So she really helps me kind of discover that. And when you're drawing Ahsoka or any character, any pre-existing character, are you taking in to account a particular scene that you saw them in that informs the emotion that you put on their face or the pose? Or are you imagining new scenes that that character might be in that you haven't seen on screen? Probably mostly, yeah, stuff that comes, you know, from my head or something I would like to see that isn't necessarily on screen. I like to challenge myself by um, finding some reference photo, like all different kinds of reference photos of like, I don't know, a girl holding a sword or something and just kind of finding all those that inspire me and then, you know, go from there and be like, okay, what if Ahsoka was sitting on the edge of a building or something, even though we never saw that on screen, I would like to draw it. Or um, I guess a good example would be in one of the Clone Wars, the TV show, one of the um, episodes, there's this scene where the three of the main characters were reunited after a few years. 
and they didn't hug and I really thought they should have hugged. So (laughs) I went and drew them hugging. So that that definitely didn't happen on screen, but it, you know, happened in my head canon, you know? So I do definitely enjoy that, but I also enjoy like recreating, you know, actual scenes that you see on screen and stuff like that. So they're both fun. I know Star Wars and other franchises have sort of a vibrant, both fan art and fan fiction scene, uh, not like a literal scene, but um, right. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of passion there. And there's a lot of cool stuff out there to see. So you're not alone in terms of wanting to or feeling like the creators of the thing that you love might have missed something. So you have to fill in that gap, right? Exactly. There's people yes. who will write stories. And then for you, it's creating that visual moment, right. and especially Star Wars is such a visual franchise whether it's something in symbolically or the design of something and so there's a lot to play around with or combining elements and i'm sure there's sort of never-ending inspiration from that yeah yeah that's pretty accurate so you also tour these fan conventions how did you get started doing that and what have you enjoyed about that experience ever since i've been doing artwork as a career i've wanted to do trade shows or craft fairs or something like that. And I've done a couple craft fairs before this, but obviously my big target audience goes to comic cons and it always kind of intimidated me, but I just decided to apply one day to our local comic con that was happening last, yeah, last summer. And, you know, not thinking I would actually get in or anything because I've never done it before. Um, Well, turns out I did get in. So I just, we just went and it was just, it was so fun. We didn't know what we were doing, but um, it was it was just a blast. And we got to meet so many great people like with similar interests to ours. And then just people seeing my artwork in real life and telling me how much they like it is just always like super humbling and just like, wow, okay, people actually like my artwork. That's really cool. And just getting to interact with other people like in person is just awesome. So yeah, we started doing that And then we just kind of decided to just go for it, you know? So we applied to all these different shows and we've been traveling. So we've been doing this for almost a year now, like last, as of last July. But um, yeah, it's been crazy and it's kind of crazy to just like do so many at a time. But yeah, we just jumped in and just started doing them. And yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And you say we, are you doing this with a group of other artists or you and you and your spouse? Or oh, yeah. Who's, who's the we there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's me and my husband, Jonathan. I drag him along to these, and he has just a good, as good of a time as I have. And I say we, because, like, you know, we're married, and it is it is my business, but it's also ours. So that's what I'm referring to. <laughs> yeah. I, as someone who's also married, I totally understand that. Um, yes. <laughs> so that's super cool. And, yeah. and especially if it's something that you can you guys can do together. I want to go back to something that you mentioned at the beginning of the answer that's actually come up in a bunch of your different answers. And that was the idea of you were sort of intimidated to go to these fan conventions, uh-huh. just like you might've been intimidated to start uh, trying a human character or doing hair on a character. Now, yes. now this initial intimidation, you're facing head on by actually going to a fan convention or actually starting to draw humans. What do you do to help yourself get past that initial fear that you might feel of screwing something up? You just kind of have to tell yourself like, 
you know, even if I do screw up, like it's not the end of the world. Like you just gotta put yourself out there and you just kind of have to be in this mindset, like this positive mindset, like what's the worst thing that can happen? Okay. If, even if it does happen, who cares? And you just pretty much just have to convince yourself of that. So, uh, drawing people, for example, like, oh no, you draw it and it looks awful. What do you do? You throw it away. So you just kind of have to like, <laughs> tell yourself that kind of stuff. You never have to show it to anybody, you know, just stuff like that, if that makes sense. Now, do you have a wild imagination with this where you're like, oh, you throw it away and then someone finds it and then they <laughs> judge you for, or, you know, are you like pretty practical in your imaginations? Because I feel like I always go off the deep end with like, yeah. oh, the thing that could go wrong is actually is maybe possible, but so impossible that it's right. pretty just pretty much not going to happen. Yeah, I'm definitely like that too. I just, I don't I'm just like the older I've gotten, the more I've just been like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, even if they do, who cares? Even if they find it in the garbage can and they yeah. laugh at it, like, <laughs> you know, just silly, but it's, it's true. And yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel that for sure. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think the other thing I've personally found that's helpful is just the repetition of doing something that's intimidating helps you continue doing it, right? Because, exactly. you know, the first time you're intimidated about something, maybe you avoid doing it 30 times, right? But, but then, after you've gone through that process, you know, a few dozen times, all of a sudden you're like, okay, maybe I'll procrastinate a little bit, but right. you but know, within the hour, like, I'm going to be doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, cause for me, for the conventions, one of the biggest things there was I have pretty bad social anxiety. So, you know, one of my fears was like, oh no, what if I say something dumb, you know? Sure. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I still have that, but like, yeah, just the more you do it and the more you just put yourself out there, the easier it gets. And the more you just like, yeah, I do say dumb things all the time and it happens. But like the more you just don't care, like you just, you know, get over it and move on, basically. So is there a new uh, sort of shadow approaching of intimidation that you're like, okay, that's the next intimidating thing that I want to tackle? Probably doing um, out of country shows, like out of the U.S. Like I oh, got cool. invited okay. to some in like Canada or something like it's some in England or whatever. And I've been kind of thinking about doing those, but I've never, I mean, I've been to Canada before as a kid, but other, like it's not that long of a flight. Like I've never been like overseas or anything before. So like that just kind of terrifies me, like plane rides and stuff like that. But so that's, I would say maybe that's kind of the next thing in relation to that. Yeah. And I think, and I don't know if this is intentional, but I think another thing that answer reminds me of in terms of how to pick something to tackle next, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go out of the country and it's going to be Australia the right. like, for this point that I can be from my home. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that, you know, all these things are doable. And I'm sure that that you would be able to do an Australia convention if you wanted to, but it just lowers the stakes just enough to have it be in a neighboring country versus something that's exactly. you know, going to be a however many hour flight. Exactly. Yeah. Baby steps for sure. They help. Now, speaking of home base, uh, we actually share a home state of Florida. And I read a interview that's on your website. Other people can check it out. It's a really good interview someone did. And in that interview, you talk about the beautiful scenery we have here in Florida and how that inspires you. In the interview, you also mentioned that you don't necessarily recreate full landscapes or scenery in your art. So how is it that you're inspired by nature around you, if not 
a literal interpretation in your art, how does that experience influence you? Right. Just, you know, being outside, being in the fresh air, being in, you know, the beautiful, great outdoors, like, I don't know, there's just something refreshing about it. And it's like, it gives you a good break. You've been stuck inside all day and then you go outside and, I don't know, take a walk or whatever. And it's just, I don't know, it's very refreshing to me and it just kind of rejuvenates me, if that makes sense. It definitely makes sense to me because I am a a big time walker. I'm always taking a walk (laughs) every time that I can. And I find it just a great way to think. Now, I don't know... So like when, when I'm writing, it's, there's always some problem that I have to think through almost like verbally. Sometimes I'll even put a dictation app on and, and talk things out that way and be able to refer to it later. But if, if you're taking a walk, is that more, like you said, this rejuvenation sort of of like taking a big breath or do you find yourself taking walks to work through a problem or think about what's next? Really all of the above, like like, you know, this, like when you're working on something creative and you've just been sitting there for hours and hours and it's just not coming like you want it to, or, (laughs) you know, like just stepping back and just either maybe thinking about it or like, you know, just in a different environment or just like absolutely forgetting about it for a minute and coming back to it later, like fresh eyes. Like it's just, I find it so helpful. I would say that's it really for me. That's like the main thing about going outside and stuff like even, I don't know, even just like going outside and and just sitting like in a chair out there or whatever, like I'll pet my cats, I'll look at flowers and stuff. Just, it's very helpful. It's just a total shift in like what you're doing. Cause like, it's also hard when you have like a creative job and that's like what you do. It's hard to separate work from like it's hard to make the boundaries. So like you're always thinking yeah. about work and just always like how can I do this? How can I do that? Going outside is just kind of like the line for me. Like okay, I can not focus on work for a minute. I cannot focus on this drawing that I can't get right. Like I can just you know pet my cat and be outside, watch the sunset. Yeah, I really relate to that. Especially recently, I felt burnt out about a couple of things, but sometimes that feeling can also stem from the idea like like i actually i actually don't know if it was burnout because i think i think it actually was just me getting stuck on something and i needed to work through it but sometimes when you have that block it's it's hard to identify oh am i pushing too hard or am i just pushing in the wrong direction so I actually used a walk and I, I walked in the opposite direction that I usually walk in. And that, I feel like that helped free up my mind a little bit and work through the problem. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I've used it before and it actually, it's weird how it is. I just like changing up the routine. Right. And it just gets your mind thinking in a different way because I think that's usually when I get stuck. And so sometimes it'll be like, oh, um, should I just take a big long break from doing creative work? But then I'm finding, well, first I should evaluate if it's because I'm stuck or if it's because I'm tired and drained, you know? Right. Yeah. I guess in the same vein as walking in the opposite direction, do you have certain things when when you feel stuck? Uh, I guess we already talked about being out in nature, but mm-hmm. do you have any sorts of things that you do specifically? Are you trying to get yourself not to think about it at all? So, So you think about in a different way when you come back to it? Or do you have any different tricks that you like to do that you find work well for you? 
Yeah, for me, just kind of totally just getting away from it for a while. Like if it's an hour, if it's even like if it's a couple days or whatever, like it helps me sometimes, not always, but sometimes. Uh, So like, I don't know, getting out of my office and watching like a favorite TV show or uh, going to get lunch with a friend, something like that, just to totally zone out of what I'm doing and try to think about something like just try to distract myself really just so I can come at it with fresh eyes later on whatever that time is and it helps for me a lot yeah that makes sense and I think a lot of that it feels so much of creating something comes from I don't know if it's a subconscious layer or just like a layer of your brain that's a little less thinking super hard about it. (laughs) Like, cause there's a lot of stuff, especially in writing. I have to think really hard to figure out what I'm going to do. But then if I get stuck, sometimes I have to separate myself out and just like loosen up a bit, which is, which is hard for like my personality type. I I feel like I'm very like, Oh, I got to do it this way. Right. Plan it all (laughs) out and do all this. Yeah. So, so it does help. And that's, I think what the nature helps out with too. Right. Again, that fresh air. Yeah, for sure. Um, although the other thing, I don't know if you, I'm guessing you experienced this in Florida too, but there is in the summertime, especially which we're in now, uh, (laughs) there's a certain time of day where it's like, well, maybe outside isn't how I should uh, free up my brain because I'm going to (laughs) be drenched in sweat and not be able to do any work for the rest of the day. So usually my work, my walks have to be in the evening now or like before 8 (laughs) a.m. Yeah. Honestly, right now in Florida, like if you're not like in a pool or in the water or something like, no, (laughs) that's not going to work too hot. But um, for a substitute for that, like, again, I'll like turn to a friend and like go over to their house or I will, I don't know, go shopping or go out and get some coffee from Starbucks. Just get out help. Getting out helps even though you're not like out, you know, outside, outside, but you're outside of your, you know, your work area. I feel like creatives try to work all the time, or at least a lot of us do. And it's just like, you can't, like you're, you physically can't work all the time. So like whatever you need to do to just kind of switch gears and just kind of re, I don't know, regroup and just kind of recover, I guess, and recharge, like you got to take those opportunities. Yeah. And having those built into your approach, I think is really helpful too. So even if you don't feel like you need a break at a certain point, if you, uh, like I always take Sunday just to completely detach from any sort of work, you know, and then so that built into my routine, I feel really helps. But then also making sure that even if I'm having a day where, you know, if it's Monday or Wednesday or whatever day is like the day the creativity is hitting, Mm -hmm. I instead of like, okay, I'll just do this for 13 hours and then (laughs) die for a week, like, like, instead (laughs) of doing that, writing myself some notes about what to continue working on mm-hmm. uh, and then just letting myself stop and be able to go into the next day. Now that's easier said than done. I, oh, I sit definitely. here saying like, I just do it because when you're in the moment, it's oh, yeah. like, you don't so, want to do like it. It's, yeah, exactly. You want to keep going. Cause you're like, this is it. This is it. Right. No, I'm on a roll. I can't. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you do like, sometimes it's, it is a little bit of a, you have to, know yourself and know, you know, okay, well, if I do push a little harder today, what do I have to do to make sure I can sustain it? Uh, Because I think that's 
definitely a big aspect of having a creative career uh-huh. is you can't enter it and do it, go so hard at it that right. you're not able to be consistent anymore. Because I think that's what I've found talking to other people is that consistency and really continuing at it over the course of a long period of time. That seems to be a very common factor for people who have found some sort of success in the creative field. Yeah, you can't burn yourself out and it's really easy to do. So you have to, you know, push yourself to take breaks and step away. And it's just really important. Otherwise, you're just not going to have a fun time doing it anymore. Now, at the beginning of the episode, we were talking about how you started your focus in graphic design and a career that, you know, it sounded like you and your parents were talking about the practical, realistic approach. Um, And (laughs) as we've been discussing now, and I'm sure that our creatives in the audience are also aware of having a creative career is very difficult. And again, it's like you feel like you're working all the time and you have to manage all this stuff. And sometimes it can be tempting to, you know, look over at a, uh, you know, maybe more normal type of (laughs) work, right? right? That, That probably pays better and all these things. But what, what would you say it is about the art that you do who you are as a creative person that keeps you creating and keeps you on this path, even on days where it feels really difficult. Um, Yeah, I got to be honest, like I definitely have had days where I'm just like, I would rather go back and work retail or work at a grocery store or something. It doesn't last very long usually because, you know, be like having a creative career, like it is, it's hard work you know, draining mentally, it's draining physically, like you just have to grind all the time, but it's still worth it. Like I'm doing what I love, what I'm passionate about and helping bring joy to other people. You know, like when I draw their pet and it's just, I don't know, for some reason it's just not coming to me and it's really hard and I finally finish it. And then I just mail it off to them and they let me know like, oh my gosh, like this is actually my dog. And they, I don't know just get emotional. Like, it's just, it's so rewarding. Like, it's just, um, it's worth it. It's worth all the hard work. It's worth, you know, just everything. Yeah. And I think that really connects with what you were talking earlier about the fan conventions too. Right. And, and seeing not only their reaction and through a message, but seeing that in person and being able to make those connections too. Um, so that's really cool. I know I relate to that as well. Just when I get feedback on my writing or I have released a short story and had a few different people tell me precisely what they liked about it. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is like what I wanted you to like get out of it. This was the experience I was hoping to give yeah. and someone was able to get that. And there really is no substitute for that sort of feeling and how you can affect someone positively through what you do creatively. Right. Yeah. It's just it's so rewarding. It's hard to explain. Like it doesn't make any sense because, you know, (laughs) it's such hard work, but definitely so rewarding for sure. Again, for everyone who's interested in seeing your artwork, can you remind us again where your website is and your Instagram uh, and all those awesome places where we can see the Brittany Jackson style of art? Yeah, for sure. Um, My website is brittanyannart.com, a B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y. A-N-N-A-R-T.com. Uh, just because my way of spelling Brittany isn't the normal way. But anyways, yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram under Brittany Ann Art.com. Or I'm sorry, Brittany Ann Art. Um, I'm also on Facebook, TikTok, 
Pinterest, Etsy, all the things, but mainly I hang out on my website and over on Instagram. Great. Well, thanks again, Brittany. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much, John. It was a pleasure talking to you as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause of Craft. You can see Brittany's art on her website, brittanyannart.com, and through her social media. You can find all the links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this interview, check out episode 37 with artist Joe Hawks. We discuss finding your place and purpose, as well as his incredible illustrative work. If you like this podcast, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Doing so really helps the show out, and I appreciate your support. And if you have feedback, suggestions, or guest recommendations, send an email to john at causeofcraft.com. That's j-o-n at causeofcraft.com. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time.